When they find a frozen caveman in their backyard, two high school outcasts thaw him and introduce him to modern life, while he in turn gets them to actually enjoy life. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Childhood. Hello, guys. Hey. I gotta do the hello first for once. I feel excited. It's the little things. I know. I hope everybody's having a good week. Yeah. We're back doing another amazing episode of Ruining Our Childhood. This week, we're doing the 1992 classic Encino Man. Yeah. A recent poll winner. Mm Mm-hmm. Very much uh, killed it, I would say. I thought it was topical because I feel like Brendan Fraser has been trending a lot for no other reason other than he is a good person. He's trending in our hearts. Yeah. We love the B phrase. We do love the B phrase. Actually, I mean, I have mixed emotions about some of his roles, but, you know, I can't decide that if I like him or not sometimes. Like in movies. I think there's a point where... I didn't understand he was getting the roles he was getting, especially in the late 90s. But I don't think he's a bad actor. He did become quite the leading man for a while. Yeah. I've always enjoyed him. Yeah. But okay. This is probably the first movie I ever saw him in, so. Same. I know he was in stuff before. Mm Mm-hmm. I think School Ties came out before this. I said dies. School School Ties. It's the B horror movie. (laughs) There probably is one called School Dice. Probably, and it's probably amazing. <laughs> um, but anyway, Encino Man, 1992. Mm-hmm. I want to generally give us some info on the movie, and then we'll talk about our 1992 facts. Yeah. The movie came out on May 22nd of 1992. It had a budget of $7 million, but it did make $40 million. Hmm. What is your fun fact about 1992? So... I was excited that we got to change up the year Mm -hmm. because I feel like the last couple episodes have been 2000. But 1992, I guess Taco Bell as a company decided to brand their market in... Expand their market? (laughs) Yeah, brand their market. (laughs) Expand their market into Mexico, the country. (laughs) And... But why? I don't know. (laughs) But I, I was reading this article and it was kind of about how... It failed, not surprisingly. No. Uh, they ended up closing all the locations within two years. Uh-huh. But I read that they're, they're in a lot of different foreign countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guam has seven Taco Bells. Wow. In case you wanted to go to Guam. Okay. You could eat Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you'd want to, but you could. But the one uh, interesting fact I found was that they had to like rename the Crunchy Taco because it really confused Mexican people, because uh, they're like, why is this crunchy? But mm-hmm. so they named it like a tostado taco or something like that, because like tostadas are crunchy. Okay. But yeah, as far as Taco Bell, that was like my only feeling like I was truly Mexican was my complete denial of Taco Bell as a child. Like I was like, this is disgusting. Why mm-hmm. would anybody want to eat this? Why can't they just eat real tacos? And until I was like a teenager and all my friends wanted to eat there and I just did whatever my friends did. So, and it's, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. 
for me, it was kind of getting my feet wet in Mexican food. Sure. Because sure. I grew up in Ohio. We, we did have Taco Bell. But uh, I want to meet the person at Taco Bell who said, you know what Mexico needs? Incredibly underwhelming semi-Mexican food. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's It's like somebody ate Mexican food and was like, how can I ruin this? Not to no. mention, like, you go to Mexico and, A, their food's delicious. It's also not expensive. Right. So the idea that you're going to have a fast food Mexican restaurant, what are you offering them that they can't get that is better? Exactly. And that's probably why it failed, too. Yeah. But also because you're, as the article said, so a, a critic in the 90s wrote, it's like bringing ice to the Arctic. <laughs> yes. So... Yeah, I mean, it's a silly idea, but also they're trying to make some money. And they're like, maybe Mexican people would like white people Mexican food better. <laughs> but guess what? They did not. No. Yeah. It's funny because I haven't had it in such a long time because we don't really eat fast food as much as we used to. But mm-hmm. I think there was a time I did like it, but I don't I don't think I've ever considered it as Mexican food. It's it's Taco Bell. It's is what it is. Yeah. And it's really good when you're drunk. Yes, it's good for what it is. It's a hot take. Yeah. That I just said, it's good when you're drunk. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that. No. Uh, What's your fact? So my fact is the formation of what is considered to be the greatest basketball team of all time. The 1992 USA Men's Olympic Team. Okay. Also known as the Dream Team. Prior to 1992, you could not have pro basketball players on the olympic team they had to be all college players Hmm. we still dominated until 1988 when all the other countries were allowing pro players to play so then the u.s voted to allow our best players to play amongst others consisted of michael jordan magic johnson and larry bird those were the three main people but it also had charles barkley and some other people Mm mm-hmm Notably, the best player probably not on the team was Isaiah Thomas. He was a point guard with the Detroit Pistons. So he was, Isaiah Thomas was the best player not on it. They did include one college player. His name was Christian Leitner. Many people, in hindsight, we should have put Shaq on the team. That's the consensus. But they won every game by about 50 points. Ironically, they did trail at one point in the gold medal game. 25 to 23 which i wonder if their coach like called time out to go take a picture of the scoreboard because <laughs> we're beating them right and they still won by like 30 it just doesn't seem fair that the nba players could be in the olympics because there isn't a lot of other countries that have pro basketball right i mean there are some yeah i would say the world has caught up mm-hmm. to us because in this recent olympics we did win the gold medal but we lost our first game and i think probably 10 years ago we lost and i think it was in athens we won the bronze so the world is definitely caught up to the united states as far as talent also a lot of the players don't want to play in it okay so i don't know why not you get to see the world i like this year i remember talking to some friends the nba finals ended two days before the Olympics started. And I kept thinking Devin Booker and the guys from the Bucks were not going to go play in this because they had just played in, in NBA playoffs. Yeah. 
That's really interesting because I don't know if I ever realized that the NBA players, there was a time that they couldn't play. Mm -hmm. But it honestly, like I said, kind of makes sense that they weren't able to for a while. So Yeah, it would have been that every year for a while, just trashing teams. For sure. Mm -hmm. So back to Encino Man. Got a little 1992 action. I'm very glad that it was something different. And not yeah. just, hey, Y2K happened. <laughs> Cell phones, am I right? <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> do you think that this movie is going to hold up? And what do you remember from it, I guess? I vaguely remember the movie and mm-hmm. them digging up the body from the swimming pool that they're digging. Yes. I think I've only seen it once. And it was probably in 1992. What? Yeah. I remember, but I've seen this movie so many times. But I remember enjoying it. Uh huh. Like I remember liking Polly Shore and Brendan Fraser. The Beef Rage. The Beef Rage. With that said, I don't think it's gonna hold up. Okay, Ryan. Ryan, okay. I think it's gonna be a little too Polly Shore heavy. See, I don't think it's gonna be Polly Shore heavy. I think it will be the right amount of Polly Shore. Okay. The thing that I remember from it is them. Obviously, there's. 17-year-old boys are supposedly supposed to be 17-year-old boys. They're they're obsessed with girls. Mm-hmm. But I think there's going to be a lot of derogatory female talk. But at the same time, I think that the B-Frage and his performance is going to make it okay. I think you do bring up a very good point about the fact it has the potential to have the right amount of Pauly Shore because he is not the star of the movie. No. He's a supporting actor. Mm-hmm. But this, I want to say, is what kind of made him a mainstream success. I would like to look at his IMBD more because I was thinking about it before we recorded. Was this like the first movie he was in that made him a breakout? Or was there something else before it? Because I can't remember. I do not remember. I know he was like an MTV VJ for a while. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this might have been the, here's the mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think you bring up some good facts, and I hope it holds up. Okay. So, but I'm gonna say it's not going to. I've only seen this once. It was one of those movies. If it was on TV, I was watching it. Wow. Like Back to the Future, yet I don't hold it in my heart quite as much as Back to the Future. For me, the movie I would watch whenever it was on was the 1989 Batman. Okay. And I should not have held it in such high regard. How dare you, sir? It's still a great movie. It is still. It has flaws. Every movie does. Anything that's made by humans is not flawless. Yes. Where can you stream this? You can rent it on all of the various platforms, but unfortunately it's not on any uh, paid platform that we already have, so we have to rent it. Okay. So that'll be fun. Cool. Giving some money to the Beef Rage and Polly Shore. Because they're going to get some of it. Probably not. They, they have to get some of it. I don't know. I probably don't know. not a lot. <laughs> we'll go ahead and hit that. Pausey pause. Come back and talk about Encino Man. All right. Okay. And we're back. We just finished watching Encino Man. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our categories. Like we always do. And our first category is called Well, Hello There. Well, hello there. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. And who did you notice? The first person that I'm going to discuss is Dave. 
mm-hmm. played by Sean Astin. Mm-hmm. Sean Astin is famously from the Goonies. Yes. More recently, he was in Stranger Things, and he does a voice for the epic tales of Captain Underpants. Oh, very yeah. nice. Which I know those are books. I don't know what came first, the books or the TV show. I don't have children, so I don't know. Or the chicken or the egg, which came first. <laughs> it's it's a philosophical puzzle. <laughs> well, my first one is the film legend, Pauly Shore. To as, us. To us, as the character of Stoney. You know him from our future episode on Son-in-Law. Also, the legendary Biodome. And also, his most recent movie, Guest House. Yeah. Which we discussed on the Night of the Roxbury episode mm-hmm. because Chris Kattan makes a cameo in that. But it does definitely look like Polly Shore's a main character. Yes. In that movie. It also didn't look terrible. It didn't look terrible, but I also felt like it kind of reminded me of Me, You, and Dupree. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? With Owen Wilson and... You, Me, and Dupree. Is that what I said? <laughs> I think you said Me, You, and Dupree. Oh, maybe. I, I don't, don't know. know. But yeah. My next one is Brennan Fraser, mm-hmm. a.k.a. The B. Frage, which we made up, I think. We made that up, right? I think so. Nobody else calls Brennan Fraser The B. Frage. I don't think so. Okay, cool. He plays Link, a.k.a. The Caveman. Uh, we've talked about Brennan Fraser because he is a star of Airheads. Mm-hmm. Famous episode of ours. Uh, in the 90s, he did The Mummy. And I believe he did The Mummy Returns. Is that a movie? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I wasn't huge into The Mummy. One Dwayne Johnson appeared in that one. Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, And then more recently, he's on the HBO Max original Doom Patrol. Yes. Having quite the resurgence. I think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My second one is Megan Ward. She Uh played Robin. She was in PCU. Which is one of the first movies you ever showed me. Yes. Yes. Which I can tell you right now probably does not fucking hold up. No. No, no, no. But go ahead. We'll have to do that one day. Also, Joe's Apartment with Jerry O'Connell. And more recently has been on General Hospital. Nice. Mm -hmm. She looked familiar, but I was like, it must just be from this movie because I've seen it a lot. But no, it's from PCU Mm because she probably played Jeremy Piven's ex-girlfriend uh the next one i have is michael deluise mm-hmm. he plays matt wilson who is kind of like the mean guy at high school most notably i know him from gilmore girls he plays tj yes wayne's world mm-hmm. and he hasn't acted in a couple years the last uh credit he has is Bunheads, which is another uh amy paladino show. tv show that mm-hmm. got canceled too soon uh, my next one was Rick Dukeman. Yeah, I think we always have a issue with his last name. Yeah. Uh, he played their teacher. He was in Blank Check. He played Anna Ferris's dad in Scary Movie. Anna. Anna Ferris. <laughs> and also was in Polly Shore is Dead. And he passed away. Yeah. A few years ago. He must have been a comedian, right? Because he has good, like, comedic timing. And the small parts that he's been in. Yeah. He had a, definitely a bigger part on Blank Check, but I always thought he was hilarious. I think he had to have been, yeah. Yeah. He just had good comedic timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin Tunney plays Ella, who is basically uh, Robin's best friend. Mm-hmm. 
She is from The Craft. What? That's a that's a tongue twister right there. Robin Tunney plays Robin's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> the Craft, which is one of our earlier episodes, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is amazing. I can only imagine. Empire Records, and more recently, in the Allison Brie movie, Horse Girl. Oh, very nice. Yeah, we love our Allison Brie. Yes, we do. I did not realize she was on The Mentalist. Yes, she was like one of the main characters. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. I didn't watch that show, but... It- Mm, I, whenever I see her, I was like, The Craft. <laughs> yes. One of my favorite movies is and I go, Child. Empire Records. We yeah. need to do that for the pod. I think I came to that movie late. I did life, too. But I t- do enjoy it. Yeah. I, th- I think I found it in eighth grade. So like oh. 99. I feel like I had memories of it. Like I'd seen it before, but maybe I saw it too young and I couldn't process how cool it was. It was you know? one of those movies VH1 showed all the time. When they owned, like, three movies, or the rights to three movies, they there's would show a, that one a lot. There's another movie that I feel like has the aesthetic of Empire Records that I used to watch on Showtime all the time that was made in the mid-90s. And I want to say it has Giovanna Risby in it, and I'm going to look it up after we record this podcast, because it was it was about, like, you know, cool kids in the mid-90s and they weren't doing anything. I want to say it had, like, suburbs in the title. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Right. Um, My next one. Or, no, it's your turn. My Sorry. next one. We're, we're just getting on tangents. Yeah. I forget what we're doing here. I believe this will be my fourth one. Are you, are you going to count I'm going to try to. I think I'm going to try to. I'm going to lose count. Though. Oh, man. My fourth one was Richard Macer. Mm-hmm. He played David's father. Mr. Morgan. Mr. Morgan. He was on Rhoda back in the day. Oh, okay. Um, also in the movie License to Drive with Ooh. the Corys. Sure. But more recently was on Orange is the New Black and Younger. Nice. Yeah. Yes. I also saw he was the president of the Screen Actors Guild for quite a few years. Rose McGowan. Mm-hmm plays Nora, who is kind of, she doesn't have a big part. She's just one of Link's fangirls because, you know, he becomes the mysterious cool guy of the school. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Rose McGowan is from Charmed, Jawbreaker, Scream. We've done Jawbreaker and Scream for this mm. podcast. Yes, we Go have. listen to him. I realized, like, she was kind of my teen idol. Okay. Like, the person I wanted to be that I could never be. Like, just effortlessly cool. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. My fifth one was Jerry Bednob. He plays Cashmere, who is one of the cashiers at a convenience store yeah. that Stoney and Link go to. He was in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yeah. He was in the movie Honey 2. Ooh. And also the five-year engagement. Yeah. He's also had Allison Brie. Yeah. <laughs> we can always bring it back to somebody in community. Yes, we can. It's like a Kevin Bacon. Yeah. We can play six degrees of community. Yeah. Another one of Link's, I guess, groupies, Kathleen, uh, is Michelle Brianna White. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to remember where I n- remembered her from. And she was in the short-lived sitcom The Parenthood. Like back in the day? Yeah. In okay. the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. I want to say she was like the main daughter's character's like best friend. Okay. And then she is going to be in a new show, uh, BMF, which stands for Black Mafia Family. Mm-hmm. And it looks like she's a lead. She's in all the episodes listed, but it's a brand new show. So it's only got like a couple episodes listed, you know? 
my sixth oh my God. one is Eric Avery. I'm sure the people listening are like, oh, God, I thought Ryan was on his eighth one. I was going, where's six and seven? <laughs> so I had Eric Avery. He mm-hmm. plays Raj, who is another one of the cashiers at the convenience store. He was in Independence Day, The Mummy, pretty much every TV show you could ever imagine. Yeah, so it was like an episode of Party Down. Yeah. He's a good character actor. Yes, yes. Uh, more recently, he was on a TV show called Graves. It had Nick Nolte and Skylar Austin. Oh. Or Skylar Aston. It's Aston. Is he related to Sean? He's not. Okay. That would have <laughs> been crazy. I call Sean Aston Skylar Aston and vice versa all the time, <laughs> even though... Sean Astin is, like, what, 25 years older than Skylar Astin? Probably, maybe. yeah. They don't remotely look the same. No. Just the last name throws me off every time. Mm-hmm. My next one is Esther Scott. She played Mrs. Mackey, which I believe was, like, a secretary at the school. She was in Heart of Dixie. That's where I recognize her from. But she's been in a bunch of stuff, uh, Pursuit of Happiness. I didn't write down her more recently, but Heart of Dixie was one of her more recent credits very nice next i have jack noseworthy who he was kind of a blink and you'll miss it he played taylor who was a skater at the school yep he was in idle hands which we did for the podcast yep uh u571 and also was in the movie killing kennedy he played bobby kennedy i remember that Mm -hmm. from the idle hands podcast episode my last one is kihu Kwan. Mm-hmm. Is it, did I say that right? Yes. I don't want to mess up this legend's name. Yes. We're talking about Data from the Goonies, mm-hmm. Short Round from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. And more recently, he's in a Netflix show called Finding Ohana, which actually looks like it's Upper Alley. So you should probably give it a try. It's about a treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. I saw Kelly Hugh is on that. Yes. Yes. He's amazing. He was my dear friend julie's favorite actor yeah yes i and saw she he was... did not say that jokingly either. no she was dead serious he's amazing yeah. he was i saw one of his trivia facts is that he was like 64th of the, like the best child actors of like the 80s and 90s so they found 63 better apparently wow. but he's in two legendary movies yeah wow okay um that's all i had that was actually my last one as well nice Would you like to take a quick break? I would. Okay. Okay, and we're back. The next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about fashion, dated references, any offensive jokes, any technology that we notice. What about that fashion? One of the first things that I noticed is I felt like Stoney, which is Pauly Shore, was trying to cosplay Jimi Hendrix I think the entire movie. Yeah, I think that's just all of Pauly Shore's characters. Yeah. Because he's supposed to be chill. He's a stoner, you know. Yeah. He's just enjoying life. Fair. You know? But he had some very interesting choices. The first day they're at school mm-hmm. in the movie... He's wearing a mesh, pink, bright pink yeah. shirt. But you know, he pulls it off. You know who else I thought that could pull that off? Who? You know, JVN. Oh, 
That guy could have pulled it off. Yeah, JVN can pull off anything. Yeah. Jonathan Van Ness. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, if you guys don't know who JVN is. I think, I mean, he normally goes by that. Like, all of his handles are JVN. Mm-hmm. So, his YouTube channel, which has shown me how to air dry and get nice curly hair. So, thank you, JVN. <laughs> thank you, JVN. Because we know you're listening, sir. <laughs> we appreciate you listening. Could you imagine? Uh, if he tweeted that he liked our show, our listening ship would increase by about a million yeah. percent. <laughs> I would throw this table <laughs> with excitement. Yeah, exactly. I did like there was a scene where there was like some hip hop dancers at the high school mm-hmm. and the one was wearing a hat with a tag on it. And I was like, I totally forgot that was like a trend. Yeah. For I don't even know how long because I didn't participate in that trend. But that was a thing. That was definitely a thing. And then on fitted baseball caps they always had a sticker on the bill oh, that would say the side and yeah you would leave it on mm-hmm. some might ask you why do you keep your wrestling figures in boxes ryan that helps value <laughs> maybe <laughs> they think the same thing fair i don't know i liked when link went to prom and he finally has kind of tried to do something with his hair <laughs> but it looks like He has a Davy Crockett raccoon hat on his head. Yeah. I think what they're trying to accomplish was to make a pompadour. But his hair in the movie, I don't know if Brendan Fraser's hair is like this in real life, but is curly and frizzy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it just kind of looked like a rat nest up there. And And he kind of had a rat tail. Yeah. To go with the rat nest. Early 90s hair. It's amazing. And I know I've said this on the podcast before. I wanted a rat tail. My brother had one. Yeah. I had a mullet. We've seen pictures. Yes. I We post them on our Instagram. Just scroll back <laughs> if you miss that. It's forever on our Instagram. My beautiful mullet. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other fashion? Uh, just at prom in general, mainly the guy's hair. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of bowl cuts out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seems a little early. They were kind of set in the trend. Yeah. When you think about it. When I think of bowl cuts, I, d- I definitely think of later 90s almost. Mid to late, yeah. Yeah. Michael DeLuise's character, Matt, mm-hmm. he had like more of a Luke Perry. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he had a good pompadour. Mm-hmm. He pulled it off well. And um, honestly, um, David, he kind of had one similar. Like, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Not as great. No, no. How about dated references? Uh, Stoney and David, when they first see Robin at school, mm-hmm. which obviously... David already knows her, but they were objectifying her. Right. But they did make the statement, milk does a body good, which <laughs> milk is not doing that ad campaign anymore. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Stoney, I feel like, had a lot of the references in this movie. When they discover Link in Ice, they haven't quite digged him out yet. They're like, "What?" they never found Jim Morrison, which I was going to Google. Is that something that's true? I don't think so, because right away, I felt like David tried to correct him and say Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, okay. And then, but then, but then, Sony's like, they never found Jimmy, like, I can't remember the name, but it was just like a guy he knew in the Cub Scouts. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) I knew him in the Cub Scouts. Yeah. Yeah. And then he wants to name Link Axel. Yes. And he does, you know, the Axel Rose dance. Yeah. That was, I had that one. Yeah. Um. Ella describes Link as being from Estonia, and she thinks he's pretty jive. <laughs> I don't I don't know uh, if I ever heard that term before. No. 
I've heard it in the in the seventies since like jive turkey. Yeah, jive turkey, but not like he's jive. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they were trying to make that happen. They were trying to make a lot of things happen because everything in that one scene where they're eating dinner and Sony is talking to Dave's dad. Mm-hmm. Every term is you know slang yeah. in some form, and his dad is just like. English, please? I don't... What are you saying? There was a Taco Bell reference, which brings it back to the beginning of the pod. Yeah. like, we got to take him to a cool place. And he's like, Taco Bell? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a little montage of David trying to teach Link to fight. Right. And I'm going to zero in on one portion of that. And that was he puts in a clip of pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. And the wrestler is Dino Bravo. Nice. Who was the name of our trivia team when we did pro wrestling trivia. I remember. And I did like the move that he's showing him. It's the helicopter spin, which is like the ultimate 70s wrestling move. You just put the guy on your shoulders and spin around, and that's how you end the match. Sure. (laughs) So, which I should point out, when I was a kid, I think my brother got in a fight, and he was trying to do like a wrestling hold because we watched (laughs) pro wrestling. Sure. Not understanding like this is fake and it won't do anything (laughs) it doesn't actually cause the pain and discomfort that they sell it as can you imagine getting in a fight at school and just being like oh derek's got a guy on his shoulders oh he's doing the helicopter spin that's gonna do nothing that's gonna disorient you you. a little bit link's first full sentence is i'll be back which is a terminator reference because that was like the first thing he saw on television Mm mm-hmm that was actually the last one that I had. Was oh. the clip from Terminator? Same. Mm-hmm. Um, any offensive jokes? There was some. Just I put it as generic degrading of women. Yeah. But as my aforementioned Dino Bravo reference, before Link is going to do the helicopter spin, mm-hmm. he bows to Matt, and then Matt asked him, "What are you doing, f bomb?" Oh yeah. And I was At like, the end of the movie. Yeah, I was like, yeah, unnecessary. Yeah. Just casual, thrown out there. Yeah, just thrown cool. out there. It makes sense that the character's name would be Matt. Yeah. Matt Damon. Oh, he didn't know what <laughs> that that word was not offensive anymore? Yeah. He didn't get the uh, memo. Apparently. I didn't really have any technology other than Link did not like technology. No. No, he did not. <laughs> Which I totally understand. Like, how disorienting would the world be? Yeah. I mean, even if you had just lived in the... 50s and wake up in the 90s right you're gonna be disoriented like he's a uh, caveman but just a little bit because things have changed quite a bit as far as technology from the 50s but mm-hmm. like people dress dress a certain way there's cars exist you there's know houses yes yeah. but the, yeah all of this is new and mm-hmm. i'm like how did he not just ball up in a corner and cry <laughs> that's all i had for okay. this category me too Next category is called Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot, the plot holes, our funniest and cringiest moments. What was the plot? Did you write anything? I did not. You never do. I like when you like come up with a quippy description of the plot. Okay, I have one. Thank you. A desperate wannabe uses a newly thawed caveman to try to get his dream girl and then proceeds to get mad that the whole school likes the caveman. Yeah. Yeah. Said caveman. Yeah. Yeah. What about plot holes? 
I have quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this is supposed to be like a lighthearted high school movie. Mm-hmm. It has the end prom scene with dance number to, to tell boot. you that it is a high school movie. I guess I don't understand completely why Matt is threatened by Link. Because in the previous scenes, Link and Ella are kind of a thing, which that dissolves very quickly. Mm-hmm. There, It's like two scenes and then... She calls dibs on him, and then all of a sudden she's, like, not in half the movie. He's very threatened by him, mm-hmm. even though, like, at the time, Robin has no interest in him. But I don't know if it's, like, supposed to signify, like, he's the alpha male of the high school, and Link is taking that away. It would make sense in the sense of at the end, where everybody at prom was like, oh, he's cool. Yeah. But what was your issue before that? Right. Yeah. I don't get... Yeah. I mean, like, other than you're just an asshole. Mm-hmm. Basically. Who doesn't like somebody being slightly cooler than you, I guess. Like, I can totally understand Matt's problem with Dave, because Dave is on Robin's ass 24-7. But Link is just chilling. He's just a guy. Yeah. He doesn't say much. No. If anything. He's a literal caveman. He was just learning English for the first time. Prior to all that, I thought it was interesting when they discover the frozen block. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I thought that would probably have thawed eventually at some point. I didn't think it was that far in the ground that it would have stayed frozen. But I was impressed that David and Stoney threw together this amazingly elaborate pulley system to lift the frozen body from no, the ground. There's no way they'd get that done. No. Those don't, two boys don't look like they worked out a day in their life. No, but the one thing I didn't like was they discovered it during the daytime. Uh-huh. And when they were removing it, it was nighttime like they had taken all day to set this up. But I was that's like, true. that's a pretty elaborate system that you two nitwits put together. That's true. Yeah. About the nitwits part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my biggest gripe with this movie is we're supposed to root for Dave, but he is so insufferable through 98% of this movie, I could care less. And the fact that he ends up getting the girl at the end of the movie pisses me off because he is dumb. Fair. <laughs> um, and I made a list. Go ahead. So he, we start off right off the bat. He thinks Robin is his. He even pulled a Bill Compton and said, Robin is mine. Mm-hmm. True blood reference. Mm-hmm. Even though she's clearly dating a better looking guy. No offense to Dave, but yeah. but the, just the fact that she's dating somebody else. Mm-hmm. Then he says that he didn't like Robin when they were in junior high, when she kind of had a crush on him, because she wasn't quite in her babeness. Yes. Meaning she wasn't hot enough. Yeah. So there's that. Mm-hmm. And then he makes Stony promise to not tell anybody about the caveman, but then immediately tells Robin, hoping that she'll find him attractive. Yes. I don't get that plot they made that pack yeah the next scene the first thing he does is tell robin yeah we found a caveman yeah i don't know what he thought like she was gonna be like oh you're you're so impressive that you just happened upon this caveman we should go on a date yeah yeah and then he gaslights his parents into thinking they've totally forgot that they were having a foreign exchange student stay with them like to the po- his mom was just like oh my god i can't believe i forgot that and she felt so bad Mm-hmm. And then he keeps a picture of him and Robin taking baths as kids in his pocket at all times to show her. Yeah. 
to say, like, we should be together because of this. We saw each other naked when we were two. Yeah. And then he wants Link to learn how to fight because defending himself would somehow make them all cool. Yeah. Like, you learn to fight then, bitch. Like, don't make Link do all your dirty work. And then he gets mad that Robin finds Link attractive towards the end of the movie because Link does not give a shit about anybody as far as impressing anybody. Mm-hmm. But then he tries to leave him on the side of the road. That was the most fucked up scene I think I've ever seen in a cheesy Pauly Shore movie. Yeah. He le- tries to leave poor Link, who is new to this world, yeah. on the side of the road. And the only reason he didn't was because Stony came in and was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah. Yeah. Here, I gave you a handful of quarters. Yeah. You're on your own now. Like, it's Link's fault that Robin finds him attractive. Yeah. That scene irritated the crap out of me. And we're going to talk about it in a little bit. (laughs) He's just the worst. Anyway, so that was my biggest plot hole was the fact that at the end of the movie, having done minimal, bare minimum. He gets uh, the girl. He gets the girl. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe I like to choose that it was just like a sympathy kiss. And then she's just like two seconds later, like, I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go hook up with Stoney. Yeah. Who is very comfortable within himself. Yes. You know? Yeah. The fact that Dave uses his phone call when they get arrested to call Robin to ask her to go to prom. Like, dude, take a hint. She doesn't like you. Oh, my God. It's just, it's driving that narrative that we've seen in a lot of movies around this time that if you stalk a girl enough... And I'm saying this knowing that my favorite movie is Say Anything, where a dude literally stalks a girl until she loves him. Mm -hmm. I get it. (laughs) But that was John Cusack. Yeah. And he was a nice boy. He was. He He was not an insufferable douchebag like Dave. Yeah. He wasn't mean to his friends. But yeah. Anyway. My next plot hole was (sighs) the speed at which they had Link adapt to everything right a fairly decent grasp on the english language in about 12 hours sure he also immediately knew how to play an arcade game at the ice rink not to mention drove and parked a car with minimal issues (laughs) you don't call driving it on the side minimal (laughs) have can you do that no that's no he did that no problem and then he was parking and shit that's true come on guys have him struggle with a little bit of stuff. Well, I mean, it would be boring if it was like 90% of the movie, him struggling. He didn't pick up English that well, though. But I felt like he had an okay grasp of it very quickly. I thought he should have crashed the car. It was a driver's ed card. Crash it. It's silly. It was. You can totally tell this movie was made in the early 90s because it's like that extra suspend your disbelief. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Did you have any other ones? Just how quickly everybody knew the funny link dance that was done at prom. Uh, yeah. Everybody I, got that very quickly. I assume that Dave and Stoney were doing that with him for weeks. I can, yeah, that's how they passed at night. Yeah. Dino Bravo matches, sweet, weird dances. Yeah. 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 In that order. <laughs> I don't think I have anything else as far as plot holes. What was your funniest liner moment? I did like the fact when Link has thought out and he is, what the hell is going on? The reaction that he made to the helicopter flying overhead was like, 
what the fuck? Yeah, he just screams at it. Screams at it. And then when the garbage truck pulls up to the house, which I thought was odd, they were putting the hooks down like to lift a dumpster, but Mm -hmm. they're in the middle of the suburbs. I thought that was weird. But he freaked out and just threw a shovel at it. I think they were trying to, they're like, what, how can we make a garbage truck remind him of a woolly mammoth? I think that was their whole thought process. Okay. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. And I could definitely see that. But yeah, it does make sense as far as like, what was the garbage man doing? Yeah. But just that whole, everything he was doing, I thought, well done. What was your funniest moment? I liked when they were cleaning up Link and he was just like casually drinking aftershave, but then he just was like spitting it out. And Mm -hmm. then he was just freely eating the fancy soaps. Yeah. And he was just enjoying them. Yeah. And he never got a tummy ache. That we know of. Yeah. He could have went and pooped his brains out. It was a cut scene, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think an honorable mention needs to go to when David and Stoney go to the bar. Yes. The Mexican bar patron threatening them for looking at his lady. But But he's like, you see that lady right there? (laughs) And then he's like, don't look at her. (laughs) But then he was like, but have a good time, you know? Or then when he like yells at Link for dancing with his uh woman and then he's just like you're right she's not worth it even though link didn't say anything and then the his girlfriend slaps him and then he starts crying i thought it was kind of funny yeah that was a pretty solid scene yeah um what was your cringiest liner moment my cringiest moment was actually very very beginning before they even discover link Mm -hmm. they find that prehistoric bowl and stoney's carrying it out of the dugout swimming pool Mm mm-hmm in the manner in which he throws it backwards over his head, but there was no implication that he lost his balance. It was just really bad and cheesy acting. Yeah. And then David running and jumping off of a wheelbarrow to catch it. It was a cheesy scene that you didn't need that. Just have him find the bowl. That's cool. true. But I, it also helped them discover that there was more down there, I guess. But they yeah. could have did that in a different way. Yeah. There's a part of the movie where Link is grilling a frog that mm-hmm. I assume they're supposed to be dissecting in science class and then eats it. And I know it's fake, but it's gross. Yeah. And poor frog. <laughs> Even a fake frog. Yeah, it's a little, little gross. Um, Did you have any random thoughts? Yeah, just at the very beginning of the movie, David's in bed and above his bed, there's a faculty lounge sign. And I was like, why? Why do you have that above your bed? I don't know, Ryan. Have you ever stolen signs from places and kept them as mementos? Fair. Fair. Okay. You're a jerk. Uh, What about you? Did you have any random thoughts? (laughs) I think we covered everything. Except I I do like to point out that I went into this movie thinking that Polly Shore's character was going to be the annoying one. And going after watching the movie, realizing... I mean, he he's doing the whole like weasel bit like that he does in all the movies, but he does have a heart of gold. Yeah. And he's just trying to be himself and he's just trying to have fun. And he's so much more of a better character than Dave. (laughs) I root for Link and I root for Stoney, but Dave can go fuck himself. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we're going to take a quick pausey pause. Okay, and we're back. What are we doing? We're going to (laughs) decide 
did it hold up to your adult standards? We've had a lot of notes on this movie, Mm -hmm. but I still thought it was an enjoyable movie. I I think it was watchable. Mm -hmm. I think on a scale of Biodome to League of Their Own, it's at least a six. It's right there in the middle. I agree. I agree. I think it holds up, and it mostly because of Polly Shore and Brendan Fraser. 100% agree. It was not terrible. It was entertaining enough. I thought it was losing it towards the end Mm -hmm. when they did the whole cave woman in the bathtub bit. And I was like, oh, you didn't need that. You could have done them without that. But it's like, you know, Link needs his lady, too. He deserves love. I know. And he obviously, like, they had that heartwarming scene in, when they're at the museum, and mm-hmm. he misses his family. That's true, but I just thought that little bit there, I was like, ah, don't do it. Yeah. But I agree with you, there was enough there. It was enjoyable. And with that, let's give out some awards. Sure. The first award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who'd you give your award to? I gave it to the B-Frage. Same. Uh, you just mentioned at the History Museum, he gets very emotional because he realizes everybody he knew was dead. Right. But also, he's a caveman, so he doesn't talk right. a lot. Mm-hmm. And he has to do all of his acting through expressions mm-hmm. and emotions. And I thought, well done on his part. He did a good job. He's He was believable as a freaking caveman. Yeah, I agree. That, that scene is what sealed it for me because I do think... In this middle of this, like, lighthearted, silly movie, there was this, like, deepness to it. Because even when, like, Polly Shore and Sean Astin's characters come up and they're like, we're your family now. Like, that was sweet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then... Even though fucking Dave Dave was like, I'm going to drop you off the side of the road like you're a little puppy I don't want anymore. The whole fish out of water thing's obviously been done a lot. Mm -hmm. But I thought he did such a great job at just doing... The whole caveman. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to move on to our next award? Yes. Our next award is the Stanley Tucci Award for scene stealing. Who did you give your award to? I had to give it to Polly Shore. The Weasel. Yeah. I agree. I don't know if, again, I did not do my research. I don't know if this is the origin. I think his character was before movies. Like, I think he's been working on that whole... Persona. Persona. Mm Mm-hmm before this but the thing i liked about his character and his performance was that he did have that like he was the voice of reason in so many instances like hey don't leave link on the side of the road hey stop caring what other people think dave it almost is like a plot hole that he's friends with dave because he's so like chill and like does not care what people think and dave's like this little like i want to be popular i want to have a fucking page in the yearbook dave yeah nerd (laughs) no the scene where dave wants to abandon link on the side of the road when stoney confronts him the thing that blew me away was paulie shore outacted sean astin in that scene he brought it and i was like holy crap good for paulie shore i felt like this movie definitely had the right amount of him Mm -hmm. he wasn't the star so you only got half of that over the topness and he really was enjoyable yeah he was fun i could see why 
after this movie, he got those starring roles, right. which maybe it was a little too much. But this one here, I was like, no, good good for you. And yeah, fuck Sean Astin. Oh, no. Yeah. I love Sean Astin. But yeah. Dave, as Dave. a character, thinks everybody owes him something and that he wants to do bare minimum, but he wants to be popular. And mm-hmm. But he also is just so tied up with what people think. Like when they're having fun and like dancing, he's like, I don't want to dance. And and he's like, can you just be normal? And you're like, get over yourself, bro. Yeah. Nobody likes you. And people like Link, a literal caveman who barely speaks because he doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And he's just And chill. he's friendly. And he he's gets fun. along with everybody. Yeah. It's funny. The thing that I did remember about this movie from almost 30 years ago was, hey, that's that movie with Brendan Fraser and Pauly Shore. I did not remember one other person in this movie. I did not remember Sean Astin was because, in it because I probably blocked it out because he wasn't enjoyable. Well, because he's he's supposed to be the straight man, but I think they did one worse that he was this, like, his whole stalking of Robin. Like, yeah. ugh. No. It's almost made the movie not hold up for me. I was going back and forth a lot. Yeah. And... I'm like, why are you calling her as your... How are you going to get out of jail, dude? Oh, you want to go to prom with me? Ugh. God. Stalker. Yeah. You have a collect call from the Encino City Jail. Hey, you want to go to prom with me? No. Click. I don't know how many times she had to tell you she didn't like you. And then the fact that at the end of the movie, she's like, I guess I'll give you a kiss because you danced once. (laughs) And then you let me go to prom with your friend. But, yeah. hey, I didn't know you were trying to ditch him on the side of the road. Go tell her that story, you yeah. douchebag. Anyway. There you have it, guys. <laughs> we, we, think it, we think it held up. We hate Dave. That's it. Yeah? Yeah. Awesome. We, we hope you guys have a great week. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Check out our poll on Thursday. We'll have another two movies up on Instagram for you to vote for. Mm-hmm. And we'll let you know what those are. Yeah. On Thursday. On Thursday. Because again, I don't, I forget to look at stuff. What are movies? We don't know. (laughs) Okay. Have a great week, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye.